Welcome to Thoughtful Planning, the place where real conversation, expert insight, and a touch of humor meet to turn our end-of-life uncertainties into self-assurance. I'm your co-host, Santiago, a history buff and a big kid at heart. And I'm Honey, your guide through the intricate dance of planning with care and a whole lot of warmth. Every week, we're here to turn those intimidating are-we-ready moments into confident, everything-is-under-control moments. Today's journey is one you won't want to miss. Hi, welcome to Thoughtful Planning. I'm Honey. And I'm Santiago. This podcast is, is kind of deep, so you might want to take some notes. I uh, wanted to start off by saying we're not lawyers or doctors. We're just a husband and wife team. We both work full time. We're parents of two adult children. And we want to ensure that our final wishes are followed and our loved ones aren't overburdened by a lack of planning on our part. We want to have peace of mind when we leave this earth. So as always, I want to start with an essential question, and that essential question is, what do you need to have ready for your conversation with those that matter most to you? That's a good question. All right. So in helping you answer that question, I recently, or both of us actually recently listened to the book. It's called The Conversation, A Revolutionary Plan for End-of-Life Care by Angelo Valandez, MD. According to his website, angelovalandes.com, Dr. Valandes is a physician and writer at Harvard Medical School whose work focuses on empowering patients and families in the healthcare system. He is also a physician in the Department of Medicine at Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. His book argues for a radical re-envisioning of the patient-doctor relationship to ensure patients are at the center and in control of their medical care. He is also a co-founder of the ACP Tools app, where you can find various resources in various languages. And we want to make sure we give full credit to Dr. Valandez about everything we're talking about, because it's a great book that we both endorse, and his website, his uh, corrections app, is fantastic. So what we're going to talk to, it sounds like a lot, but we're going to take it step by step. It's better to do it now when you're clear of mind and your emotions and those of your loved ones are in check. I can tell you firsthand as a cancer survivor that when you're in the fight, it's hard to think about anything but the fight. So let's talk about his first step. Think about what matters to you. There's four questions when you work through this step. The first question is, what kind of things are important to you? What makes you happy? For me, being with my family. Is important. I think being comfortable is important to a lot of people. And, you know, where they spend their final moments might also be important to them. Right. So number two, you are want to think about what fears do you have about medical care? Do you want to be clean and comfortable? Do you fear being in pain and suffering? Do you fear loss of independence? I know, I know I do. I don't want any of those things. <laughs> When we go and they ask me if I'm allergic to anything, when I go to the doctor, I say, the only thing I'm really allergic to is pain. Oh, I hate being in pain. So (laughs) question three, are you sick? Or if you're sick, what are the life-saving medical procedures that may be too much for you? For me, being hooked up to a machine and having controlled my body, is it a little bit too much? Or do you think that any assistance that you can get by any means necessary 
to fight for more time with your family is right for you. Fighting to live. In his book, he has, I, I call them the Goldilocks questions. How much medicine care is enough for you? How much medical care is too much for you? And how much is just right? Uh, do you have any beliefs that guide you when you make important decisions? That being spiritual, religious type of beliefs, cultural or societal or philosophical beliefs. That's something that needs to be considered. And one of the cultural beliefs that, that we have in where we live is people don't like to talk about death. And that's something that we're trying to change people's minds about because it's so important to talk about it again while you're right of mind. So those questions that we just talked about, they're not just one and done. It's a process. We need to review these before every major or minor event and at least do it annually. And you need to make sure you cover it every question, every time. And he has four additional questions that he thinks you should answer if you're facing a serious or terminal illness. So uh, question one is, how do you value quantity of life versus quality of life? How important is it for you to live as long as possible, even if it means you may suffer? Or are you willing to suffer pain to be with your loved ones longer? Hmm. I don't want to be in pain. <laughs> it sounds kind of selfish, right? I don't want to be in pain. Screw that. <laughs> but I'd rather my last moments, going back to what we talked about in the episode with my dad, I don't want my kids to see me suffering. I don't want that to be their last memory of me. I want them to remember me as being happy and comfortable and willing to accept the inevitable. Because mm -hmm. it is inevitable. It's going to happen. Right. So the next question is, if you had to choose between the quality of life versus the quantity of life, what's more important? And I think that kind of bleeds into the first question. Mm -hmm. For me, I really want my quality to be better than the quantity. Me too. Okay. There, we have it on video. Now everybody knows. <laughs> video and audio. And then, is there a special occasion coming up that you would do anything to share with your family? Um, is there a special holiday coming up? Family event? So thinking maybe a wedding, baby shower, anything like that. That's something that you want to try really hard to be there for no matter what. That's a conversation you will need to have with your doctor and think, your family. Yeah, I think if the kids were getting married or even the birth of a grandchild because we're not grandparents yet. I think that I would want to experience that even if it means that I was suffering a little bit, mm -hmm. you know? So the next question is, would you want to avoid pain at all costs so you'd be comfortable in your final moments? And I guess that's, you know, all these questions seem like they're repetitive about comfortable being comfortable versus living longer I guess it depends on the situation. Right. And I think it might mean a conversation with your doctor to see like, if there's medication that can help you. But what are the side effects of the medication also to think about? I think that's where the doctor could definitely help you answer some of these questions if they're a little bit too hard to answer, to get clarity and peace of mind. Yeah. And then another question to ask is, how important is it for you to be home when you die. In the book, Dr. Villandes mentions that 
they did a poll and about 86% of people said they want to die at home. But in actuality, that's not the case that's happening because there is no communication being had. And when someone comes to the hospital, they have to do everything they can to save the person's life, no matter what, if if they don't know any anything else about the person or what their wishes are. And that could leave a person hooked up to machines and they can end up in a nursing home or a hospital is what the reality is instead of dying at home if, if that's what their wish is. Legally, they have to follow that standard of care and you know, and try to save you whatever the cost is to you or, or, or anything. And that, that can be painful and could prolong your life unwantedly. So the other two steps are the step two is share everything that we just talked about with your family. They have to know. And there's so many ways to share. Write it down, put it in a video, something like that. And then make sure that not only with your loved ones, but your doctors, that's step three. Talk to your doctors. When you talk to your doctors, you want to talk to them about three things. Life prolonging care. What life prolonging care do you want? For me, when I went through cancer, I couldn't eat. So I had that feeding tube put into my stomach. I carried a, is it kangaroo? or junior or something like that. I think the name brand was I carried around in a backpack with me and it fed me all day. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with that. So that's something that I would not want a feeding tube down my throat. Cause I've heard about the issues with that, but having a feeding tube inserted surgically, I would be okay with then limited medical care. What is the limits for your medical? What is that going back to Goldilocks? What is just right for you? And then comfort care. If that's all you want is comfort care. Your doctors need to know that. And the forms that Honey talked about or will talk about, all that stuff can be kept with your doctor, should be kept with your doctor. Speaking of forms, <laughs> you're going to want to document your wishes in writing or a video. So whether that's, well, for sure, you need the medical directives in place. And you may want to talk to an attorney if you can or do some searches online to see what you can find about that. Personally, we have talked to our attorney and got those set up within our trust. You also want to look into Googling this, and I'm going to say the acronym first, which is PULST form, which stands for Physicians Orders for Life Sustaining Treatment. (laughs) Those are some big words. So it's known as the PULST form. And if you Google that for your state, And once you find that form, it's different in each state, and most states require it to be signed by your doctor, and then you can request that to be added to your medical records. Also, you want to consider, I would highly consider, you know, do not resuscitate or DNR orders. What are your wishes for that? So you'll want to, again, talk with your doctor if you don't know what that is and what that looks like for your own family and your own self. Make sure you have somebody that's identified that can speak for you. Like right now, honey can speak for me. If we're both incapacitated, our son, because he's here in San Antonio, would take over for us to talk in our behalf. And he knows where our trust is. He knows all the things that we're talking about right now. We're just going to share that with our daughter when we when we sit down. But it, it's super important. You know, when I had my last surgery, you know, not I didn't come out of it right away. I think because I'm a lightweight. They gave me too much anesthesia. 
and they had to give me some medicine so that I could actually come out of my sleep. I guess I was enjoying my sleep too much or whatever. He needed it. I needed it. He works yeah. too hard. So that's something that, that you need to have on hand. And I didn't know about this. So the pulse form for me, once we've in my next appointment with my doc, we're going to sign it and I'm actually going to take it to the hospital I go to for all my treatment and put it in my records there at the hospital. So they have it just like they have my DNR and my living will on hand. Whew. A lot of stuff. I want to circle back and go back to our essential question. Our essential question again was, what do you need to have ready for your conversation for those that matter most to you? Now, ensure that you include your doctor in that because that's a, a person that should matter a lot to you in this discussion. Right. We know this was a lot. It's important. So again, circling back, looking at those questions, answering those, then talking to your family, and then taking that and talking to your doctor and sharing that and getting their advice as well. And also, I would recommend the book, the conversation that we started this with. We'll put that in the show notes. It's a very good book. Like I said, it goes into these seven stories of patients and it can help you think through some of these questions a little bit deeper. And uh, yeah, so we thank you for listening. Yeah, we wouldn't be having this particular podcast if it weren't for listening to that book because it impacted us so much. We're like, dang, this is great information. We need to get it out. Yes. So uh, thanks to Dr. Angelo for sharing all your stories. And that was kind of cool. Yep. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And just like the vibrant hues of a setting sun, we're wrapping up another episode of Thoughtful Planning. Every shared story and insight is a step closer to turning uncertainty into celebrations of preparedness. Absolutely. And to our listeners, remember that every surprise that comes our way is an opportunity to grow, adapt, and learn. Stay tuned for more stories, expert insight, and of course, a touch of wit in our next episode. We're not just co-hosts, we're fellow travelers on this journey. For more information on additional resources, which will help you take the next step in planning, look for the link in the show notes for our membership. Join us next time for another episode of Thoughtful Planning. Until then, keep living, laughing, and loving every moment.